The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Is it even possible to beat a team three times in one season? Especially a team that's as red hot as the New York Giants, who won like three games in the last eight weeks of the season. As it turns out tonight, that answer is a resounding yes, as the Eagles massacre the Giants 38-7 to on the five-year anniversary of, of course, we all know, the Minnesota Vikings 38-7 to NFC title game. Uh, couldn't be a more fitting end to this playoff game. Uh, it was a party from start to finish. I won't say that I was never stressed out because I was for like the first 12 seconds of the game and then the Eagles just took over. So we're going to break it all down for you guys. I am your host tonight, Shane Half. I'm going to be joined by Rachelle. I think we're going to get an appearance from Jess a little bit later. She's making her way back from the game. But Rachelle, what a dominant performance by the Eagles in this one. You love to see it. Jalen Hurst, I mean, his shoulder injury, where? Like, he looked great, if we're being honest. Hassan Reddick, he was all over the field. Like, I thought this was a complete win. Same thing, like you mentioned, everybody was talking about how they didn't know if the Eagles were going to be able to win this third time and how Daniel Jones looked this great and Saquon Barkley was the comeback player of the year and they completely destroyed them, like you said. So this was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it was. I I said I was going to know a lot from like the first drive. Were they willing to use Hertz in the running game? You know, how did Lane Johnson looked? And they checked both of those boxes early. Hertz uh, was shying away from contact still, but that's just smart, especially in a game that turned into a blowout early. But uh, to see Lane go in and play the whole game, I mean, it turns out when the Eagles try and when they have their starting quarterback, they're the best team in football, and and there's no doubt about that at this point. I'm sure we might get into talk about who you want to face in the NFC title game. It doesn't matter. The Eagles can beat either team. The Eagles should be expected to beat either team because they're that good. So uh, the Eagles are racing doubts tonight, and yes, it's the Giants, but everybody wanted to tell me all week how the Giants were hot right now, and the Eagles sure deflated the Giants tonight. And I thought it was, like you said, it was a complete performance. The offense, everything looked good on offense. Uh, of course, we got the Boston Scott touchdown that we always yes. get. Uh, we got a Kenny Gainwell 100-yard game. Love it. Uh, I'm not sure if that – I think that was the first 100-yard game of his career. Uh, I would have to go check that. I don't remember him ever having a 100-yard game before. So, ironically, Miles Sanders – who I thought played fantastic tonight. He had some really good runs in this game. Um, he's kind of the guy that 
gets left out. He doesn't get the hundred yard club. He doesn't get a touchdown. Uh, Hertz, Gainwell, Scott, they all get rushing touchdowns. So poor Miles Sanders. He's stuck there with only ninety yards. Yeah. Uh, we'll get that Miles Sanders revenge game next week, maybe. Of course, and that's okay. Another player who I feel like was kind of quiet. We didn't see too much of him. Was also AJ Brown. Like I feel like he didn't have a super flashy game. He only finished with three receptions or twenty two yards, and so. Um, Hopefully next week we'll see him ball out. I wanted to get your thoughts on like we saw them run up running the ball like a great deal today. Uh, we didn't really see as much through the air when it came to Jalen Hurts. What do you think was like behind that? Do you think it was like, you know, trying to make sure he's not getting injured or, or what's up with that? How do you think they're going to game plan for next week also? Yeah, I think I mean, they ran the ball well on the Giants in week 14. Now, granted, I I think Dexter Lawrence didn't play in that game. I can't remember. Or maybe it was Leonard Williams. One of those guys did not play in week 14. So, uh, But they ran the ball well uh, in week 14 in that matchup, and they ran it pretty heavily. Uh, I, I think maybe some of it, some of that plays into it, not putting too much on Hurts. And then once you're ahead, once you jump out so quickly, you're just trying to run clock. Uh, so I think it all depends on matchups next week. I don't think they're afraid to – go into a big drop back passing game. They just didn't need to tonight. So I think all the options are on the table, uh, except maybe some elements of the QB running game. They saw, you know, you sh they showed that they would run the ball with Hertz, but he was sliding down and going out of bounds, which are things you don't see him do very often. So how much of that was a, uh, my shoulder is still bum. And how much of that was we're up by three scores already. I guess we'll parse that out next week or, or maybe we won't. Maybe they'll go blow out the 49ers and the Cowboys next week as well. He looked fantastic on that opening drive. He was 5 of 5 for 68 yards with a touchdown, and his passer rating was 158.3. So, like you already touched on, like them coming out just so hot on that opening drive, like they set the tone early. And so, even though I thought it was going to be a closer game, it, once they kind of like started scoring back to back, it was like, all right, this is a wrap early. Like halftime, I don't know. I don't even remember what the score was at halftime, but I was just like, this is so freaking dominant. Like I had a great time watching this over some of your other, maybe like defensive takeaways from this game. Yeah. Uh, the one other thing on the offense, you mentioned AJ Brown. I think that the giants uh, had Adora Jackson shadow AJ Brown, and I thought he did a pretty good job on him. Uh, I mean, Brown had him on that last play where they threw it to the end zone, just a little overthrown. I, also thought it looked like he came up a little gimpy there. So hopefully, hopefully he's fine. But um, that just set up good matchups with Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, which is why the Eagles offense is so potent. But defensively, um, man, Evan Neal is just a bad football player right now. The Giants right tackle went top five of the draft. I thought he was going to be a really good prospect and maybe he will. He played left tackle at Alabama last year. So he's playing right tackle now, but uh, Jack Driscoll's a better right tackle than Evan Neal is and Hassan Reddick abused him for all four quarters and if Hassan Reddick could tackle Daniel Jones he might have had a half dozen sacks in this game but it seemed like he constantly got home and Daniel Jones got away from him a little bit. Daniel Jones looked scared. I'm pretty sure he was sacked like five times today um, yeah. so they were definitely getting after him. I was like where's the mobile quarterback that we've been hearing about all week like he looked terrified and so yeah that was great. Yeah, and I thought the coverage was really good too. Um, James Brad got the James Bradbury revenge game. Yes. That was so good. Him diving down on that on that slant route, and it seemed pretty obvious early on that the Giants were trying to get the ball out quick, and 
that's one of the things that the Eagles style of defense allows them to do playing starting from off coverage. They have full eyes on the quarterback and they can undercut those routes. And uh, it's sometimes it's frustrating to watch teams march down the field with all these short completions like the giants did on their opening drive. But then suddenly you get a sack out of field goal range and the whole thing's over. And sometimes you're able to march down fields like that, but it also has caused a lot of the turnovers that the Eagles get the techniques they're able to play. So uh, the pass rush was really good tonight. I thought the coverage was really good. There was a few reps by the linebackers that were kind of shaky early on, but it it, it just kind of became not noticeable, uh, especially compared to the Giants linebacker play, which was just yeah. so bad all game long. The, the Giants could really use some Nate Gary and Alex Singleton at linebacker right now. It would be an improvement. <laughs> I thought it was interesting because I did see a tweet during the game how the last time that we played, the secondary was completely different. Um, I don't think some of those players even were in that game. Um, I don't know if it was week 18. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're talking about week 14, but they were all present today. It was three players who were present and they completely ran all over them. So I don't know what that was about, but. It was really, really good to see. I kind of want to get into before Jess like jumps in. I'm just going to go ahead and go to the tweets and see like what the temperature check is as of right now on Twitter. Um, and then I'm assuming like once Jess gets in, we can, you know, preview next week and, and that possible upcoming opponent. For the most part, all of these are like positive as expected. I haven't seen anything negative. And if there was, I would be kind of questioning like what's what's up. But I'm we're not we're not firing anybody tonight. I'm not seeing anything talking about. Uh, firing anyone. I actually am looking at Gannethan, uh not Gannon, why did I say Gannethan? Jonathan Gannon for coach of the year. Coordinate well coordinator of the year. Yeah. Which he's is done a good job. Yeah. He he has done a really, really good job. But it's like, you know, if we rewind to the beginning of the season, how everybody was talking about trying to fire him, it's like, okay, we came a long way. But I saw, you know, hope AJ Brown is okay. Jalen we trust, like that's one that I've been seeing a lot. Um effing dominant team together love Nick Sirianni did you see when they showed like him kind of like mouthing what he was saying to the ref that was awesome I loved every single second of it I just want like a camera like I want an alternate broadcast that's just a camera <laughs> on Nick Sirianni every game I want to see his reaction to every play I'll picture and picture it yes uh, it would add a great entertainment value to the game for me it really would and I was like, he's just a perfect fourth of Philly, of Philly. You know, he just embodies like what Philly is all about. So when they show stuff like that, I'm literally dying because it's just so perfect. Um, I saw who's up next, of course, and we're going to get on into that a little bit. But hit my parlays. OK, so I think a lot of fans are definitely really excited about that right now. You said 38 to 7, of course, Team of Destiny. Um, so that was a really good one, Team of Destiny. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think what tonight shows and there was a lot of like nervous energy for me coming into this game and not because, you know, I thought the Giants were a better team or anything like that. It's just if you step back through the weeks, we haven't seen the Eagles healthy, trying to play pedal to the metal, looking good doing it since I don't know. But since before Christmas, I mean, the Bears game was a struggle. It was a slog. And then Hertz is out two games. And then you come back week 18 and you have the vanilla game plan. And then you have a bye week and you see all these crazy games last weekend. And so like I had a lot of nervous energy, a lot of nerves going into this game just because we haven't seen the Eagles really play in a long time. And 
it didn't, I mean, it took that first drive and it's like, yeah, they're still, they're still who they were in October. And you hope Lane Johnson's groin injury doesn't become an issue and, uh, or AJ Brown's hamstrings or whatever was going on there. You hope Jalen's shoulder stays good. But at the end of the day, the Eagles played tonight with 21 of their 22 regular starters. They may get Avante Maddox back next week. They could go into an NFC title game at home coming off a 38-7 to victory with all 22 starters healthy. And that's just unbelievable. That's unbelievable injury luck uh, for the best team in the NFL right now. And I don't care. I don't care if it's Dallas. I don't care if it's the 49ers. The Eagles should be expected to go win that game by double digits next week, whoever it is. You kind of mentioned the possibility of getting Avante Maddox back from his toe injury. What did you see from Reed Blankenship today? Not much. I didn't notice him a whole lot. <laughs> okay. So, I, which is fine. That's yeah. that's a fine thing. Um, for if you're starting a UDFA at safety, if you just don't notice him, that's yeah. probably a pretty big compliment. Um, it's that's so hard to see off a of broadcast, like what the safeties are doing and stuff. Chauncey did a really good job in the slot, though. He's, I mean, there's a reason that that was the position he played in New Orleans before he came to Philadelphia. He's so good in that role and. I thought he did a good job attacking downhill and run fits when they ran the ball. Um, and uh, they didn't really try to establish that early, which I thought was a mistake by the Giants coaching staff. But if you could get him back to safety and get Avante Maddox back, that would be so nice. Especially, you know, if you face off with the 49ers, say, and all of the weapons they have, you need all hands on deck. If, if you're facing off with a team like the Cowboys, who just really has one major weapon, it's not as big of a deal, but it it would be a big deal to get Avante back for next week. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jesse, you were live. You were there at the game. Can you tell us what the atmosphere was like? How are the fans? I don't have much of a voice left at the moment. Um, it was a good time. There were a lot, a lot, a lot of Giants jerseys to start. And you couldn't see as many by the time we were leaving. Like, we were, we were tailgating right next to an enormous crowd of Giants fans. And they were long gone by the time we got back out into the parking lot. So there were a lot of people kind of walking around. And I did actually hear one uh, Giants fan on the subway say, wow, we lost so bad that Eagles fans aren't even saying anything to us. Like, it was so bad, they're not even worried about talking trash right now. <laughs> good, good. That's how it should be. It was amazing. It was, a, it was a fun atmosphere. It was a good atmosphere. I will say there definitely were some people that have been drinking since 8 a.m., though. 
people figured out how to, I think, did the wings like almost sell out? People figured out how to finesse the system. They ended up buying wings tickets because the wings played at one. So if they bought wings tickets, they could get into the parking lots at 8 a.m. Instead of not being allowed in until four. So there were people that have been there just for the birds game since 8 a.m. And it, it it was a little apparent in some areas, but I didn't see anything super wild. It was it was a good time and everybody was having fun. Did you guys see that? So Eli Manning, you know, went to the game. But did you guys see the tweet about Peyton Manning also went to the game and had his son in a Jalen Hurts jersey? Yes. Tremendous. So, so, so amazing. They did. So they showed Eli at one point on the on the big screen because so Malcolm Jenkins, Tori Smith and Brent Selleck were the honorary captains, which was awesome. Yeah, everyone was super excited. And then, you know, they say they get on the the whole loudspeaker and they go and welcome back to Lincoln Financial Field, Eli Manning. So they show Eli and everyone just starts booing him like crazy. And, you know, he's you know, trying to hype the crowd, you know, doing the whole thing. And it's hysterical. So everyone's booing him, giving him the double bird as he so requested he get. And then they would show Malcolm Jenkins and everyone would cheer and get really excited. And then they go back to Eli and everyone would boo like crazy. And then they show Tori Smith and then they go back to Eli, which was, it was, and, and it's, it's amazing. And I was talking about this with my, with my dad, actually, while we were at the game, who would have ever thought that we actually would have somewhat enjoyed Eli Manning post-career be, just based on everything he's done with Monday Night Football because he played into it and he was having fun with everybody and it was it was actually a really good and it was it was really fun. Yeah. The the Manning cast is top notch. And the worst part is. is every time I watch Monday Night Football I forget about it until I like see a clip on Twitter in the third quarter and I'm like, oh, I could have been listening to them instead and then I switch over, but uh, it, it's so good. They're they're very enjoyable to listen to. I wish they'd put them on like national like not national. I wish they would put them on like Sunday games or put them in the normal booth. Don't, don't make it a whole separate thing. Just give give them a booth and let's go. I think that would be super fun because I think the one thing that is missing from the Manning cast is I get distracted from the game. It, it, it's, and I really enjoy what they do. And obviously they have fantastic chemistry with each other. So I think if they were actually in the booth together, it would be, would be tremendous. So what do, what do we think about this one? This comment, do you have any gripes with the coaching staff today? No. Well, special teams. Anything? Well, I wasn't crazy about punting on the from the 38 yard line, but that's a minor nitpick. That's very uncharacteristic for Nick Sirianni. And I know you're up, you know, 28 to seven, but at that point, you just gave up a touchdown and you're punting it back. And it doesn't matter, but I would kick a field goal there or just throw it. I mean, just throw for six yards. It's not a not a big deal. You're only gaining. You're only losing like 20 yards versus a punt if you don't convert. So. A minor quibble, but I think he did that because they were ahead by so far or so much already. Um, I, I would have gone for that, and I think he would have if it was like a seven-point game. But I thought that was strange. But no, I thought the the defense played really well. Uh, Gannon dialed up a few more blitzes than we normally see. I, I'm anxious to go back and kind of chart that out. Uh, I noticed it more, but I'm not sure exactly how much more. But I thought the defense played really well. I thought the offensive game plan was on point. I said going into the game that the two places I thought the Giants had an advantage was running back, which the Eagles running backs far outperformed Saquon tonight. Uh, And I thought their offensive play calling was better than the Eagles. And that's not a dig at the Eagles offensive play calling, but I thought Dable and Kafka had done a really good job this year. And 
Sirianni and Steichen out, they schemed circles around them tonight. I thought they, it was no contest. Yeah, I mean, I think coming out of halftime, the Giants had 55 total yards of, of offense. And the Eagles had, I think, like 254 or something. They were they were like close to 200 more total yards of offense. And I mean, you know, it clearly when they're up 28 nothing. But uh, you know, I I didn't really have any I didn't have any gripes with them today. I I thought they did a, an excellent job, sort of doing exactly what you expect a team to do with a bye week to prepare, and then you know an extra week once you know what who is the opponent that you're going to face. I thought they did. And, you know, everyone, we talked about it after the the final game of the season, right? Like everyone was kind of skeptical or concerned. And I think we actually talked about on the postgame show, like there's a very good chance they see this team again. All they wanted to do was get them some reps and and not do anything crazy. It was very much a preseason style game with a very vanilla kind of offensive play calling because they knew that there was a really good chance that that was the team they were going to see again. They knew what the Minnesota Vikings were. The Eagles played against the Minnesota Vikings. They are one of the most, you know, the most fraudulent two seed we've seen in a while. And we knew that going in and no one else wanted to believe it. And the Giants, I mean, by the way, the Eagles beat the crap out of the Giants tonight. You could see how just how bad the the Vikings truly were. So, you know, I think that they did, uh, you know, no complaints, no notes. I will ask because from you, you see, you only see so much when you're there in person. In terms of injuries, Jalen Hurts and Lane Johnson, how did all of that look closer up? Some of the you know clips of seeing them on the sideline and things like that. Anything stick out in terms of injury concern going forward, or did they just? Did there was they both a time or two early in the game. I thought that Lane like grabbed at his groin after a play, but. He never came out, and he pretty well manhandled Kevon Thibodeau. So I would say, I would say he's probably in pain, but all good. And I thought Hertz was good too. That the one play where he got strip sacked, that was scary. You got a guy come off, and as you're trying to make a throw, you get your arm grabbed like that. Like that's how you injure a shoulder to begin with, much less you know kind of re-injure one. So I held my breath for a minute on that one, but he seemed fine. So. Uh, I think all all was good there, as far as I could tell. AJ Brown, I'm a little more concerned about. Yeah, it looked like question. after that, at the end when they threw to the end zone, it looked like he kind of pulled up and grabbed at his hamstring. So hopefully that's not a big deal. So he was like on the ground, kind of weird after. Did he get the first down on that play after that that short little slant over the middle? He was like, he pulled his knees into his chest and was sort of slow to get up and then came off the field. But then he came right back in for that you know, long ball to the end zone. But obviously, like, he didn't have that extra sort of gear that he could have shifted into usually that you would expect from him to just get that little bit under the ball to be able to make that touchdown. So I wondered, like, what you could see from the TV perspective that how that looks and what it looks yeah, like. I I don't I don't know on that. I, I noticed that he kind of grabbed at the back of his legs. So hopefully that's that's fine. Other thing I noticed, I don't know how much he played. Quez Watkins didn't have a catch or a target. And I didn't notice him on the field much either. It seemed like they had Pascal in sometimes as wide receiver three to block and run that pick play for Goddard. I didn't really notice Quez out there. I'd be interested to check out the snap counts tomorrow morning and see, but I got the feeling that Quez didn't play very much. He didn't. Not that I remember. Like you said, saw a lot of Zach Pascal, but I don't remember seeing Quez in the game at all. Like, I don't remember seeing him at all. 
at one point, I think it was either midway through the third quarter or at the end of the third going into the fourth, they played one of their, you know, this is their little hype videos on the on the screen. And there was one of the clips was uh, Quez Watkins touchdown in Indianapolis. And I said out loud, I forgot about Quez Watkins. Is he like, is he doing anything today? Like, where is he? So I totally agree. I didn't see him think about him at all. So I have no idea where he was. I mean, clearly they weren't missing him. They didn't need him today. That was a, a an all around impressive performance. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just don't think going forward to a defense like potentially the San Francisco 49ers, just Devontae Smith is going to be able to to get the job oh, no. done there. I was talking about it earlier. Like AJ Brown was pretty quiet today. Um and so we're we need right. a big performance for him from him next weekend. Dallas Goddard, I mean, at least we got him his touchdown. Um I wanted to see more from him, but Dallas Goddard looked fine to me as well. But I feel like next week they're definitely all of them. We need to see them turn it up a lot more. Cause both of those teams are gonna be different yeah. than the Giants. A little more competitive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and the run game was versatile. Yeah, I well, thought Goddard so, looked really yeah. good. I mean, you can only do so much when you throw for 154 yards, yeah. but I thought he looked impressive breaking tackles and um I you know, I love that one drive after I tweeted about the Eagles needing an answer to the blitz besides bubble screens that they threw a bubble screen to Devonta Smith for a touchdown. I totally love that. Uh, so of course, of course so I tweeted that clip and I said, now, nah, as I've always said, the Eagles should run more bubble screens. So that's just that there's something like that. Every game I will tweet about something every single game that immediately like the opposite thing happens. So I'm just going to keep doing that and we're going to write it out to a Super Bowl. So yeah, I mean, if it if it works in our favor, please go right ahead. I request that that you you continue. Speaking of Twitter, how are we looking, Rachel, on Twitter? Please tell me, is it even possible to have anything negative to say right now? I'm sure there is, but is it possible? I was skimming earlier, and I was telling Shane like I didn't see anything negative. I really saw nothing negative for the most part. Everybody is being positive. As they, I mean, what do you have to complain about? I was talking to Shane about how, like, I saw a lot of people raving about Nick Sirianni, of course. They were talking about Gannon as coordinator of the year, uh, Jalen Hurts, and we, Jalen Hurts we trust. I saw dominance. Like, most of the stuff is pretty positive. Uh, Giants suck, of course. Uh, complete ass kicking. So I didn't see any any haters. I didn't see anybody talking about anybody needing to get fired. The officials didn't even give us like a blown call to be mad about. Like just that that's that's come on. Come on, they come on officials. Like in a blowout like that, you gotta give us one blown call <laughs> that we can complain about on a post game show. Yeah, they, they actually just they just they just minded their own business. They they kept to themselves and, and didn't get too involved in, in you know where they weren't wanted, which well, after, I actually after enjoyed. the head official told there everybody the, to shut up on an open mic, they were just too afraid to pull out a flag. Yeah, I, I mean it was just it was a very like we I mean the energy was great, the environment was great, but in terms of the game, it was a very like ho hum playoff game. It's like, oh yep, down the field, score again, stop, down the field, score again, stop, down the field, score again, stop. By halftime, you know, everybody kinda had their feet up and they were just like, Okay, let's let's wrap this mess up and, and go home and go to bed, you know? Let's let's get a good night's sleep on this Saturday night and see who we're playing next week. Who who do you want to play next week? Like, are you a, a person that wants the 49ers because you think they're the better team? Or do you want Dallas because it would just 
just make it so sweet. I think it would be so sweet to get Dallas and dominate and completely destroy Dallas. That's who I want to see, honestly. I, I'm conflicted. Um, I think there is a, the 49ers are a better team. I think there is more of a chance, like with, with Dak Prescott, like Dak Prescott can go off and just kill you in a game because he can play at a top five level. He can also implode and like hamstring his own team. And Brock Purdy doesn't have that variance. Like Kyle Shanahan won't let him. So like it, I, I trust Brock Purdy more than I do Dak Prescott in a playoff game. But at the same time, he can just go off. And so ultimately it doesn't matter. The Eagles are a better team. They should win. Uh, I think the better matchup for the Eagles is the Cowboys. But I cannot pull for them to make a championship game. So I will be pulling for the 49ers tomorrow. Not because that's who I want to face, but because I don't want the Cowboys to even get there. I agree. I don't want the Cowboys to get there. But something something that... So Sam and I on Babes on Broad this week talked about was she made a good point. And she said, do you remember how in 2017, 2018, the Saints would have probably been the more difficult opponent to face in the NFC championship game? It probably would have been harder to get through the Saints to get to the Super Bowl than it was to get through the Vikings to get to the Super Bowl. But the Vikings were the worst team, but did us a little favor in doing the dirty work so we could just enjoy the NFC Championship game for the blowout. And she said, wouldn't it just be nice if the Cowboys just did the dirty work with that best defense in the NFL, just did the dirty work, and then the Eagles just ran all over the Cowboys for a trip to the Super Bowl, which, again, I would, I will never root for Dallas. I will not root for Dallas tomorrow. I will not wish for Dallas to even get to the NFC Championship game. But it's an interesting thought. Yeah, it, it will be nice. The Eagles will have an extra day rest over whoever they play. So that's kind of a thing going in their favor as well. But it's going to be an interesting game tomorrow. I'm definitely going to be watching it. Um, obviously, we know for content's sake, it would be nice if it was the 49ers because everybody knows the Cowboys. We've talked about that game so many times already this year. It'd be nice to talk about a new opponent, but get some fresh blood, but I think the Cowboys are the better matchup for the Eagles. I didn't want to say, Mark mentioned here in the comments, the weird thing was when the chain broke. Can I just say, we are in the year 2023. We have chips embedded in players' shoulder pads so we can track how far they run during a game. We have a chip in the football that measures the speed of the football, and we're still using chains that are cobbled together to be 10 yards long to measure first downs. Like, what are we doing here? I got nothing. And I absolutely got nothing. I have so many questions. What are we doing? How do you break a chain to start with? Like, are those old dudes really pulling that that hard? How do you not have a backup chain? Why are we having to use athletic tape to wrap the chain back up? Does that change the measurement? Like, I have so many questions. It is, it's going to make a great 30 for 30 someday. When did that even happen? I have happen? no idea. Early, uh, I don't remember. It was early in the game. Yeah. So like early. Jesus. Is that what one of those breaks? Yes. They went so to like move was? the chain and the because- chain broke. And so they were like wrapping athletic tape around it. Because apparently <laughs> there's not a spare set of chains. I don't know. Insane. I don't even if have it's, words If it's just going to break, why don't we just use yarn or something? I don't know. Like what? what? 
I think how that's old are a these chains? Like, who knows? Maybe we need a heavier duty chain, but then maybe it wouldn't be exactly 10 yards long. Who knows? We may never know. <laughs> that's insane. Also, what was the issue with Nick Sirianni? There, these are all the things that you miss when you're in person. The issue with Nick Sirianni, where he, he was telling everybody that he knew what he was doing. What happened? Who was he talking to? Please set the scene for me because I need all of the information. When, was that from when he was yelling at the ref? Yelling at the ref. But I think maybe he was, it was like down closer to the end zone and someone yes. like told him to move or something or like told him he couldn't be. And he said like, I know what the, like what the F I'm doing. Like something you know, I just very saw the on clip brand. on Twitter. I don't what? know. I don't remember oh, yeah. what happened like watching I live. I just saw it clipped. I must have missed that. I know he was like going ballistic on one of the refs at one yeah. point, and I have no idea what that was about either. But they probably told him they probably told him I'm you shouldn't eat Pizza you. Hut or something. <laughs> Imagine he literally said, "I'm eat. I ate. We ordered Pizza Hut and watched the game. Where is your gripe with that? Like, please, I don't understand how you can reach any harder for something to be angry about." Maybe if you would have worried about your own performance instead of what the Philadelphia Eagles head coach ate with his kids on his weekend off, you might have performed better today. I really don't understand why so many non-Philadelphia people hate Nick Sirianni. Like, I I don't get it at all. But I guess he has too much fun. I don't know. I I enjoy him. He's a lot of fun. I love his energy. I do too. I, I did think the flower thing was insane. I still, I still think it's one of the most insane things I've ever heard a person say. I stand by that. Clearly it worked, and I love that it worked. I still think it's one of the most insane metaphors a person has ever used in the history of the world. <laughs> it was pure insanity, and I still don't quite get it. But clearly it struck a nerve somewhere that helped. That's all I want. But my God. Like, but how? So that, that confused apparently, me a little, I will say. But his apparently these 30-year-old professional athletes are really into gardening metaphors, okay? Nick Sirianni knows his team. They're all about gardening. Maybe they've got a little plot. They grow flowers behind the link. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But but clearly, it worked. It worked. And this man knows what he's doing. And the NFC Championship will be hosted at Lincoln Financial Field in a week so the ref told him he couldn't be there and he was ticked he said he knows the rules and knows what he's doing that's like the ultimate flex if you're the coach and you know the rules better than the ref i'm convinced that most of the refs don't know the rules either so you know it, it it's Real neither talk. here nor there. have you ever tried Which, to look I mean, up a rule in the nfl rule book oh you should no. you should mm, yeah you should try it sometime. Recently. it's like searchable online now like you can search for terms or like trying to make out what that's saying is absurd it's like i know what the rule is then i go read the actual rule and i confuse myself but okay so i'm not gonna do that that's not surprising no, not at all that's not surprising in any way shape or form all right what so we we talked about who we want to see next week Jet, who do you think is are going to be the two matchups for the championship games, both AFC and uh, NFC next week? You want to go first? Uh, no, I'll go. I'll go. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm. I feel this Bills team. I don't know. I feel like it's something about this Bills team. So I think that they're gonna win, and of course the Chiefs. So that's gonna be 
good one. How is Patrick Mahomes' ankle? Is he all right? They're gonna have like, an MRI tomorrow. The X-rays were negative, and I mean, he played. He played the rest okay. of the game. Looked hobbled. Right. Literally, it was half. like he literally picked up a first down, scrambling, hopping on one leg, which just like that's absurd. That's um, he also threw a touchdown pass where he just jumped off of his one good leg and threw it. Like imagine, imagine being a high school coach trying to teach QB mechanics to people that are watching Patrick Mahomes play on Sundays or Saturdays. That's just absurd. But virtually impossible. <laughs> Who do you think is going to come out of the NFC on the other side as well? If I'm being honest, I think I think the 49ers are a better team. So, yeah. Yeah. I, don't I think, want to I see agree. the 49ers, but I think they're a better team. What about you guys? I, I think it's 49ers. I think, I mean, Kyle Shanahan and Dan Quinn have coached together before. Like, Shanahan knows every rule to every coverage Dan Quinn is going to call, and he's just going to call things that mess with it. So, uh, I think – and I mean, let's be honest, Brock Purdy played bad last weekend and they still blew out the Seahawks. Like Dallas's defense isn't very good. I think the 49ers will win that one. So I think it'll be 49ers Eagles. And then I think the Bengals will beat the bills. Josh Allen, like low key, Josh Allen's looked pretty bad over like the last four or five weeks. And the Bengals offensive line is banged up, but Josh Allen's trying to play hero wall and, like his his average depth of target last week was 16 yards. That's insane. Um, Jalen Hurts tonight was six and a half yards, just for comparison. So he was just trying to get a touchdown. Like every play, it's like let's not have a six play drive ever. It must be a two yard or two drive two play drive. And so I think Josh Allen has a better chance to implode than Joe Burrow does. So I'll say Bengals Chiefs and then Eagles 49ers. I think I, I just it's going to be a really I, I don't even know how to turn on that game tomorrow and just like focus on football. Like, I just think it's like a very weird, eerie, like I I don't know how anybody turns on that game. Like, I don't even know how they walk onto that field and are just like, yeah, football game. Like, I just don't know how like you get that mindset right, given the last time they saw each other. They didn't even get to finish that game, which I just it, it's just like a it's like a just a giant like mess with your mind kind of thing. Um, but I do like you're right. Josh Allen has not played well, but I ultimately think they're just the better team. Um, so I think it is going to be the, the bills chiefs, which again, for the umpteenth time, can't wait to see how that shakes out this year. Um, and I do think it's the 49ers. I, while I do think that the Cowboys could potentially beat the 49ers, I don't see them actually being able to pull it together long enough. Like, they let Gardner Minshew put up 34 points, and that's just what I keep going and we back saw, to. And we saw, yeah, okay, huh. Dak Prescott last weekend. Like, okay, well, Monday night, Monday night. Okay, good for him. I don't see him doing that again, though. They should have put in another wild card team instead of letting any team from the NFC South into the playoffs. That's what I saw on Monday night. Like, the Bucs were a bad football team. They've been a bad football team I'm cool with guaranteeing like, division winners a playoff spot, hosting a playoff game, whatever. That should get thrown out if you don't have a winning record. Like, if you have a losing record as a division winner, go home. We're just going to add another wild card. They were just, it just bad. It was just bad. And it was honestly, like, it was pretty sad to watch. I didn't. I went into that game thinking that it would be really nice if the Cowboys lost. It'd be so funny. And then as I watched Tom Brady just implode, I was like, no, this is pretty enjoyable too. So that was a win-win for me. As long as somebody looked really bad, I was going to be happy. 
Well, I'll tell you who did look bad. Brett Maher. He looked pretty bad. Not his best. Not his best day. I mean, I you missing one, okay. Missing two sucks. Three, yikes. Four? Four? Sir, how are you still employed? That's you know how many, you know how many extra points he missed this season before that game? Zero. Three. He was 50 of 53 going into that game, and he missed four in a row. That sucks. That's unfortunate. Also, did we ever find out, did Donna Kelsey make it to Philadelphia? I doubt it. Did she? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if was she, she did trying not, to? Really? That was the goal. Yeah, she was oh, okay. doing what she did last year. She was in Tampa last year, and then she flew over to Kansas City and got there like by the third quarter or so. And she was in Kansas City, and she was getting on a plane and coming to Philly. The, I want the, to the know Kelsey if she brothers made it. were talking about it on New Heights this week, and they just pretty much Jason just pretty much conceded that Travis is the favorite son because that's whose game she was going to. <laughs> Although he did, and then he did say it might even be my last game, and. And I didn't like hearing him say that, but she did tweet, made it to KC earlier today. Hashtag heart in Philly at eight fifteen. So maybe she wasn't getting the that, So he might. So he might be right. Travis might just be the favorite. That's a shame. Jason Kelsey's my favorite Kelsey. So, so there's that. Oh, anything else? Do we have anything else to be? I mean, it, it's one of those things. Like we talked about it all year. They won. There's not much to like, nothing to complain about. Just want to be happy. And it's Saturday. Yeah. So we get all tomorrow just to relax. Yes. It's midnight and I don't have to work tomorrow. Yes. What a time to be alive. What a time <laughs> to be alive. Well, the Eagles did it. NFC Championship being hosted at the link next week, three o'clock. Cannot wait. Absolutely cannot wait. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. Late at night for the postgame show. The Eagles kick crap out of the Giants 38 to 7. Love a 38 to 7 playoff victory. It's been a good time every time it's happened. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, make sure you're subscribed to everything Bleeding Green Nation. We've got a lot of stuff coming out this week for myself, Shane, and Rachel. Thank you so much for listening to the BGN Instant Reaction Show. And we will talk to you next week. Go birds. <laughs>